So this is a, a podcast episode and a topic that I would have wanted to talk about for a while and just haven't had the capacity to uh, make it happen. But <clears throat> the topic is fascia. And a lot of what we do as manual therapists is affecting fascia. Now, ultimately, I think what we're doing is affecting a nervous system, which is affecting fascia. But what we're going to see as we talk through this is that, that they're very closely related. Um, and that really can give us a shift in perspective of why we're doing what we're doing, uh, but also a shift in perspective on what we can have an effect on. And, and for somebody that's not a practitioner, um, what would be important for you to know is that our body is connected in so many ways. There's multiple different systems of the body uh, that all have to work and play together in order for us to function at our most efficient. And so when one system is inefficient or dysfunctional for whatever reason, it's going to have a trickle-down effect. And so a lot of the things that we feel physically, uh, stiffness, uh, pain, um, some of the um, illnesses and the immune reactions we have through autoimmunity, uh, a lot of those things ultimately are a result of something else that happened maybe earlier in life or you know, earlier in the process that has trickled down to the point where now we're feeling these symptoms. And so if our goal, whether we are um, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, massage therapist, physician, naturopath, whatever the case, if our goal is to get to the root of the issue, then we have to understand that our body is disconnected and that we can't just look at the local issue, what brought you in. Uh, we really need to consider what all can play into that. And so in my world, with what I do with um, a lot of the manual treatments, with uh, a lot of the visceral manipulations, uh, a lot of what we're dealing with and seeing is fascial restrictions. And so um, I wanted to just delve in a little bit to uh, just some of the updates in fascia. We'll cover a little bit about what fascia is, uh, and then we'll kind of delve into what they're learning uh, over the last year or two about fascia, um, and then maybe some implications to uh, what that means for you. So uh, let's start off with what fascia is. So I think, I think probably at this point, a lot of people have heard the word fascia. Maybe you kind of have an understanding of what it is, maybe not. Uh, but essentially fascia is a type of connective tissue that we have in our bodies. Um, it's, it's there from the beginning as we develop. Um, it all comes from the same layer of tissue. And so ultimately what that means is as we develop further um, in the mother's womb, out of the body, that all of that ultimately comes from the same place and is connected at some level. And so the way a lot of times I will describe fascia is um, if, if you take an orange and you've got the orange and you've got the orange peel, if you peel the orange peel away, you've got that thin layer of fascia over the fruit of the orange. And that's like the thin layer of fascia that we have underneath the skin. So we've got the skin and then there's a thin layer of fascia underneath our skin. And then if you start to peel the orange into the different slices, you'll see the different divisions and, and those deeper lines of the 
the orange that create those slices, that's like the deeper layers of fascia that we have that go in between uh, our muscles and our muscle fibers and around our nerves and around our organs. And it's not that this superficial fascia and that deep fascia are two totally separate um, entities. They are, they're all connected at some level that, that, that superficial fascia will attach somewhere that ultimately has a connection to that deep fascia. So it's, it's all part of the same system. So that fascia is, um, it's got a few roles. So the roles that we know it has, it kind of acts like a container for some of these structures to kind of hold and, and support them. Uh, it creates, um, a system that helps to transmit force. So it's a communication system of sorts. So for example, when you fall and you land on your tailbone, ultimately, as you hit the ground, there's going to be a force that comes up from the ground through your body. And your fascia is going to be what takes that force and starts to distribute it. In theory, if everything is efficient as it should, that force would go up through your body, out of your head in theory, right? Um, are you going to see this happen? No, but in theory, that force would be able to dissipate throughout that fascia. Well, now side note, if you have dysfunction, if you've had old injuries, let's say a lower back issue, lower lumbar, um, maybe L5, S1, L4, 5. Some of those are going to sound familiar to some of you. So now let's say you fall and that force same force goes up through your body, but that communication system of the fascia has a tightening already around L5, S1, L4, L5, that lower back area because of those previous injuries. Is that fascia going to be able to communicate and transmit that force as well? No. And so what happens is then you have this, this impact and then a force just kind of abruptly stops there. Maybe some of it still is able to dissipate, but not as much. So now you have uh, an, an additional um, insult to that area. So, you know, people sometimes wonder you know, why, why do I have this pain all of a sudden I didn't do anything? Well, it's little things sometimes like that, where it, it just adds up until the point where your body can no longer compensate. But um, that was a side note. We're going to come back to that. So it transmits force. It also helps with um, fluid um, transport and, and um, taking fluid out and moving fluid throughout the body. And so it, it's another way that it can um, communicate in a, in a way. But here's something that we're learning. We knew that there was contractile tissue uh, or contractile properties to fascia. That was a, that was found. There was a study. Oh, maybe in 2013 that found that fascia can contract. It was previously thought that fascia really didn't contract. It was just there, but it can contract and it contracts similar to the way that smooth muscle contracts. So think about how your organs, your intestines would contract. They just kind of, they just kind of tighten involuntarily. So, so what we find then is that that fascia contracts and it protects and it guards around areas that are problems. So in, in the visceral world or in the soft tissue world, what you'll see is that when an area is a problem that the fascia has all tightened up around it. Now, what that does, if you watch my shirt, if you're watching the video, when, if, if I have an, 
an injury down here on the lower part of my stomach, if I tighten that fascia around it, you see how it creates these lines of pull. So what we're seeing is that because that fascia is connected throughout the body, when that fascia contracts around an injury, which is your body doing the job it's supposed to do, it's going to protect what's important to it and what's injured, but that can create lines of tension. So you can imagine if I have something going on down here in my, in my abdomen, those lines of tension. Now, if I go to try to raise my arm, that's going to pull against that tension. And maybe that's going to put more strain on the shoulder. So maybe that shoulder injury or that shoulder pain from lifting overhead is not just because of the shoulder. Maybe it's not just an overuse injury. Maybe it's because there's other issues going on. Another example, um, I deal a lot with um, performing artists, dancers, and, and other types of performing artists. And a lot of what I've seen over the years are, are performers that are nursing chronic injuries. Um, and a lot of it comes back to previous injuries that were not appropriately addressed. So an ankle sprain would be a common one. An ankle sprain is very common and our body is really good at healing from pain because pain is not, not an indicator necessarily of the damage done, but it's a response from the brain to what's going on in the body. And so you'll get out of pain, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't have a resultant tightness from that ankle sprain. And so you get out of pain and you go back to doing what you're doing, but, but that tightness changes the way you move a little bit. Uh, maybe it, Maybe it changes the way you put weight through that leg, but it's so subtle. You don't really notice it and you go on and you, and your, your body compensates, but it changes the stress and strain put on other structures. And so then down the road, maybe the dancer has a hip injury. Well, now we start to look, is there something about what happened at that ankle and the tightness that was left there and the way that it changed the way that force is put through uh, the ankle and through that fashion transmitted up or how you put weight through your body and put strain and stress on other systems of, of the, uh, musculoskeletal, uh, system. And, and now are we seeing a hip issue because ultimately that ankle was the root of it and needs to be addressed. And so, so with the fascia contracting, one thing we're seeing is how that connects parts of the body to other parts of the body. So, one of the main updates that was um, found over the last couple of years was that fascia is a neurological organ. And what I mean by that is they, they discovered that there are more nerve endings than they previously thought in fascia. In fact, they found over 250 million nerve endings in the fascia, which was more than what they previously thought. Even more interesting and we'll talk about the implications of this is that the majority of those nerve endings are from the sympathetic nervous system. So let's pause and let's talk nervous system for a moment. So we've got the autonomic nervous system, which is what most people will think of because that, that encases the sympathetic nervous system or fight, flight, freeze. And we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, and that is the rest, digest, heal. 
And then there's another nervous system that we're not going to talk about so much right now called the enteric nervous system. And that really involves a lot of the gut stuff, but the, the 250 million nerve endings that they found in fascia around 40% were from the sympathetic nervous system. So that fight or flight. So now we have to start to wonder when fascia tightens as we know it does, and it's got all these sympathetic nervous system uh, fibers, how does that affect our nervous system? Does it affect our nervous system? So the sympathetic nervous system, part of what it does when it takes you into that fight or flight uh, state is it, it can elevate heart rate. It can elevate blood pressure. Those are good things when they're needed. That's ultimately a mechanism for our body to get us out of dangerous situations, or it's a response to stress. And that's, that's a good and a right thing. However, the issue is when we can't come out of that sympathetic nervous system and get back into this parasympathetic nervous system where we rest, digest, and heal, because there should be a balance. There are going to be times we go into sympathetic, but we should be able to come back. There are times we need to be in parasympathetic, but we need to go into sympathetic. And so we have to be able to go in and out of that balance. So now the question is, is does tightness in our fascia does that affect the sympathetic nervous system? So for example, tightness in my low back. If somebody has chronic tightness in their low back, tightness in that fascia, then in theory, that is sending input into the sympathetic nervous system. So wouldn't it make sense that somebody that has a constant fight or flight response could be having that fight or flight response because they are having physically tight areas, maybe. So then what do we see when they have body work done, when they have that fascia released, it's a relaxing experience for them. And that's, that's possibly because we're taking the, those tight fascia and that stimulation of the sympathetic nervous system, and we're getting it to relax. So then people that are experiencing this fight or flight, would likely benefit from body work of some time, whether, whether it's soft tissue mobilization, visceral mobilization, massage, joint work, whatever the case is. But then what's the flip side of that coin? Could somebody that has a high stress environment, somebody that has anxiety, somebody that's constantly unsympathetic, could that physically and man manifest in them as tightness? Absolutely. And we see this because we know that emotional trauma, emotional stress affects us and can manifest in physical ways. But now we're starting to see why, because these sympathetic nervous system fibers, it would make sense that somebody that's in fight or flight, that, that, that part of the nervous system, that sympathetic nervous system is going to start to affect those nerve fibers in the fascia. And so wouldn't it make sense that if I feel stressed that I'm going to tighten up? How many of you, when you feel stressed, you get tight through your shoulders or your neck, or you feel it in your stomach. Those are fascial restriction or fascial tightenings because of that response. So now we're starting to see that the fascia and the nervous system are very much connected. And so when we are doing the work that we're doing, when we are working on your fascia, when we're working on your muscles, when we're working on your viscera, we are absolutely having an effect on the nervous system and helping to decrease 
that sympathetic nervous system activity and help to get into parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and that is hugely important because it really changes the perspective on why we can treat what we treat, or maybe why we, why maybe it changes what we treat. So for example, in, in my practice, I do see patients that, um, are sent to me because of a history of emotional stress and trauma. And no, I'm not treating the emotional trauma, but I'm treating those physical manifestations that are coming from that stress, from that trauma. And as we start to change the body and change the fascia, oftentimes we do see a change in the level of stress or the level of the response to stress. Uh, so that's the first thing that they learned was that that huge connection to the nervous system. A couple other things that they learned uh, was that there are a couple of receptors that they found in fascia that respond to specific things. Uh, the one that really stuck out to me um, was a receptor called the TRPV1. The name of it's not important to most of you, but uh, TRPV1. Um, and that is a a receptor that is sensitive to chemical stimulation and specifically two things they found capsaicin and CBD. So what they found, so capsaicin is a um, substance that we find in peppers. Um, and there's also creams out there, muscle creams that have capsaicin, uh, for muscle soreness and, jo and joint pain, things like that. And then CBD, CBD really affects our endocannabinoid system. Um, CBD is a, is uh, one type of cannabinoid. Uh, it, it's um, you know, found in hemp, it's found in uh, cannabis, um, but that CBD has been shown to have anti-inflammatory effects. It can be helpful for things like anxiety, uh, depression. There's a lot of things and there's a lot of research on it. Um, but now what we're finding is um, that there are receptors in the fascia that respond to these things. So now it really starts to make sense why some of these products, the uh, muscle creams that have capsaicin, the uh, CBD creams and ointments that people talk about helping with their pain. We're starting to see why those are so helpful is because they are stimulating these receptors in the fascia. And then the fascia can uh, then send that information to the nervous system and it's going to do what it's going to do with it. Um, so that is, that practically means, you know, when we are in pain, when we're um, having stiffness, that there are some good natural ways to get some relief. We don't need to always go to the pharmaceuticals um, to get that uh, anti-inflammatory effect or to, to change that achiness or stiffness. There are some options out there. So worth considering. Uh, the last thing that that they really have started to find. And, and this one was so interesting to me um, was that they're really starting to see that there's a connection between fascia and the immune system. And when I heard that, I thought that makes perfect sense. Why haven't I thought about that? Like it absolutely makes perfect sense, but here's what they were finding. So there are a lot of fascia tools out on the market. Um, and they're good. I'm not, I'm not for or against, I'm, I'm against how they are used at times, uh, but they can be great tools, but there was one specific tool that they were looking at. And a lot of reviews were coming in about people being injured by it. And so that what they did is they wanted to investigate, well, what were those injuries? 
And what they found was they were surprised that they weren't, that the injuries weren't as much bruising or, uh, you know, physical uh, injuries like they thought they'd see. It was things like flare ups of, um, you know, previous uh, autoimmune disorder symptoms that were in remission, flare ups of um, things like Epstein Barr virus. Uh, and so, that got them thinking, well, why, why would an aggressive soft tissue treatment lead to these flare-up of symptoms? And so one of the thoughts, and this is, there's still research to be done here, but we talked about how uh, fascia is connected to the immune system or uh, nervous system. And we talked about how fascia um, helps with fluid uh, transport. Um, but the other thing we talked about is how fascia can act like a container. And we really talked about just kind of more like as it, as it wraps around muscles and the different structures. But the theory was with we have these, there are different viruses and bacteria that can lie dormant in your uh, system, Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme. Um, those are two of the big ones that they can lie dormant. And the thought was, is that, that maybe fascia is taking little parts of these viruses and bacteria and really just kind of holding them and, and keeping them, um, you know, out of circulation. But then when you go to have that soft tissue worked on and you have that aggressive type of soft tissue, maybe deep type of soft tissue, well, that can release those little uh, particles of the virus or the bacteria. And maybe that's what we're seeing is that those, those viruses or those bacteria are then being reactivated or in the immune system uh, or in the autoimmune ish, uh, example that maybe, um, you know, maybe that overstimulation to the fascia, that aggressive treatment to the fascia uh, was causing an immune response that caused the um, nervous system to ramp up. And then that immune system or that autoimmune issue flare up. So, now the question becomes when you have body work done and you have that fatigue feeling or that detoxing feeling, that, that achiness the day after, is it because of just soreness from treating the tissue or is it your body having an immune response to something else going on in your body? Is it good? Is it bad? I think it varies per person, but I think we need to be aware of it. Uh, because now it starts to change. Maybe how do we, do we just take an ibuprofen to help with that joint soreness or achiness? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense if it's, if it's something else like a, a, a flare up of autoimmune issue or uh, a virus or a bacteria. Um, so it's, it's just really, really interesting. And what I find in my practice with a lot of the visceral work, especially, we know that 70 to 80% of your immune system can be found in the gut. And so when we are doing work through the fascial structures of the small intestines and the large intestines, we absolutely see improvements in things like autoimmune disorder symptoms, um, decrease in inflammation, uh, chronic inflammation, because maybe it's related to this immune system response. And then if we look big picture and we think, well, what does that mean? that we might be able to have an effect on 
Well, we know that the gut and the brain are connected. So now we start thinking, okay, what about brain fog? What about brain inflammation? What about these other issues that are affecting the brain or these other issues affecting the gut? If we start to change the fascia, can we have an effect on the immune system and the nervous system and help with those conditions? And I think absolutely we, we can see that that's a, that's a very real possibility. Um, a lot of the patients that I see for visceral work have autoimmune conditions or they have these chronic conditions. And as we work through the different tissues and fascia, remember, we're not just affecting what's physical. We're the multiple systems of the body are all working together. So you change one and you ultimately can change another. So it's just very, very fascinating what we're finding. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear your, your input. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to, uh, you know, shoot me a, an email, shoot me a, a message. Um, uh, just, this is something that just always has fascinated me. Uh, I'd be happy to answer those. So uh, thanks for listening.